Sean, I'll talk to you in one second. Good to see you on the show. We're in the attic. It's your boy, ladies and gentlemen. It's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's your buddy, Tommy D, coming at you every Friday morning from the top of my house. That's right. I'm in the attic. I'm coming at you from the attic. It's your buddy, the nonprofit sector connector. I really, truly am incredibly passionate about this nonprofit sector. It's what I'm all about. It's in my DNA. And I will tell you this. I feel these organizations are often overlooked, unfortunately, often underfunded, unfortunately, and often unrecognized, unfortunately. A lot of uns. I threw a lot of uns at you last week, and we got a whole bunch more this week. Here's the deal. My answer to that challenge is this opportunity call philanthropy and focus every Friday morning. I bring on executive leaders of nonprofit organizations that are making an incredible impact in our communities each and every day, each and every month of every year. I, I really feel that this platform is dedicated just for these organizations to amplify their message. So that's what philanthropy and focus is. It is just a platform to amplify the message of these organizations. Every week I start off with a quick background on the leader of the organization and we dive into conversations around the history, the genesis of the organization. Why was this organization formed? Then we go into the programs and strategies and the impact that the organization is making. Usually we talk about some stories, uh, some anecdotal things that have happened because of the organization and we draw to a close around What's going forward for this organization? What are some upcoming events for the for this nonprofit, this charity that we're talking to? And then we close the show. And then I tell you how to get in touch with the organization so you can volunteer, so you can donate, so you can make an impact for these organizations. So here's what we're going to do before I even say hello. Well, I will say hello. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hey, Tommy. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so for much for your invite this morning. I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited. I love your background. So if you're listening only, Sean has a great background that's giving some st- statistics about what Uh, really what her organization is answering. So here's what I'm going to read, a quick background. Sean Slevin started SwimStrong Foundation in 2006 to reduce unintended drowning by teaching water safety and swimming skill education. SwimStrong offers learn to swim, including adaptive, through through all the way up and through competitive programs for ages three through through seniors. We have taught more than 10,000 students how to swim and have given more than $1 million in free lessons to families in need. Just before I finish, Sean, thank you for the incredible. Well, we're going to get into that in a second. So SwimStrong's newest offering, Know Before You Go, is a series of four environmentally focused water safety educational programs, which may be taught in person, remotely, which we know now, or in some sort of blended fashion. And Sean is a passionate advocate for water safety and has been featured in two documentary films, many articles on TV, has made radio appearances, is on the podcast on philanthropy and focus this morning, everybody, and has been recognized for her community work with several local civic and governmental agencies and nationally by USA Swimming Foundation. And she rides right here in New York City, where else? Sean Slevin, I'd like to start with this. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tommy, for providing this platform for not only SwimStrong, but other not-for-profit organizations to really amplify their mission and help people understand the, in our case, life-saving work that we're doing. You're welcome, and, and I'm so so excited to have you here. Uh, just I just want to make a side note. Um, we had originally had uh, Tom Gretsch from the Queen's Chamber. We, we have Tom scheduled to come back in uh, April, later this year. I wanted to get Sean on the program today because leading into May – we have swim safety month. So I want to, we're going to talk about that, but I will tell you this. There's a, there's a particular woman in my life who um, was adamant that my brother and sister and I learned how to swim. And I will tell you, you know, there was many eight thirty swimming lessons, sometimes in a chilly part of the summer on a rainy summer day. And I, I tell you, I feel it in my hands today. I, I did not like, I'll, I'll just say it. I hated going to those swimming lessons, Sean, on those days, but my, my mom looked out for us. She wanted to make sure that we could swim. Um, and, and it was important, not because we were going to be, you know, in necessarily in swim competitions, but it was for water safety. And I, and I think in my case, even meeting you over the years, um, and the original introduction came from none other than Brendan Levy. Uh, so thank you, Brendan. We'll be hearing from his music later on because you might not know this, Sean, but he did the theme song to the show. So we'll hear that later. Very cool. <laughs> it's so cool, right? So it, it's that I, I was like, oh, so you guys do swimming lessons. And I and it was less it, I didn't get it when we first met. And um, I, I get it now. But I want you really to set the stage for us, if you can. 
what what made you a water safety advocate? Where does this come from? And then we're going to get into programs and, and all the fun things that you have going on with the organization. Sure. Well, you know, it's actually even been a journey for myself. So I was kind of chuckling in my mind when you said I didn't really get it. But this year, uh, July 6th, we'll be celebrating our 15th anniversary. And the organization is different, uh, differently focused today than it was 15 years ago. So, um, you know, we're all continuing to evolve, which is pretty exciting. Tommy, I'm not sure if I told you this, but I was a near drowning victim myself at the age of five. Did I tell you the story? Uh, you know, I, I, I remember this, but I don't know the whole story, but I, I thought there was something like this. Yeah, from my memory. So mom and I were at a lake. I knew I didn't know how to swim. Uh, she was, you know, reading a book or a magazine. And, and I just said, mom, I'm just going to go down to the shore and, you know, walk along the, the edge. And she said, okay, that's fine. You know, and of course, being a, <laughs> a five-year-old that pushes boundaries and that hasn't changed over my lifetime, <laughs> I went a little deeper than uh, just, you know, my bottom of my feet. But uh, I didn't go very far. And all of a sudden, I fell into a hole. And I couldn't find the bottom and I couldn't find the top. And literally, you know, I, I opened my mouth, I guess, to scream from my mother. And of course, all the, you know, the water, everything is coming in. And I'm now in full panic. Fortunately, she did see me and she came in and, you know, dragged me out. But it was such a terrifying event that honestly, I wouldn't go near water for another four years. And uh, my dad finally, at the age of nine, coaxed me in. And nine is a little late, you know, for kids to learn to swim generally. And I just loved the water so much that we had an opportunity to join a swim team. Helen Coyne uh, started the St. Sebastian's Girls Swim Team in Woodside, Queens. Mm -hmm. And I was part of that founding class. But I couldn't really swim at that point. I mean, if I get in the water and it was Bushwick High School, Bushwick High School, where I am teaching still All today. All these years so later? Oh, man. Come I around. Yeah. Yes. How exciting is that? Well, it's Bushwick campus now. It's, it's not just Bushwick High School. But um, yeah, so I get into the water and I start to swim. And Helen just grabs me by the back of the suit and <laughs> throws me across the pool and says, all right, she's in. I couldn't swim. Oh. You know, in my head, I thought I could swim. Sure. This, of course, I have discovered over time is, is everybody's problem. You what, know, we all have such different definitions of knowing how to swim. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So from that point on, um, the swim team experience was phenomenal when I aged out of that, uh, you know, Helen uh, just asked me if I would be interested in, in learning how to coach other younger swimmers. And also she was such a phenomenal, uh, had such a phenomenal strategic mind. She won over 150 uh, swim meets without losing a meet in hmm. between. Wow. You know, it's really impressive. because of her strategy, not that we were in pretty good ourselves, but that combination was, you know, was deadly. And I wanted to learn how to do that. So that began, you know, began my history, starting to learn how to teach others, learn how to coach, learn how to set up swim meets, learn how to reach out to the community, learn all of that stuff that nobody ever sees, <laughs> you know, all of the back, back end stuff. And um, she volunteered 22 years of her life to this program in which she um, decided enough was enough. I continued with it, took it over. I brought the boys back. Unfortunately, they had gone uh, defunct for a while. I brought them back. So we had a very robust, very strong program. Uh, I was there for 40 years. That was really the genesis of Swim Strong. I thought, my gosh, if so much good can come out of this little corner in Woodside, Queens, how could we bring this to more people? You know, because what we honestly were teaching, Tommy, not just competitive swim skills and how to be a better competitive swimmers, but all of the things that truly were life lessons that transcend the pool. Hmm. So, for example, um, how to be disciplined, how to be focused, how to set goals for yourself, how to work towards those goals, how to deal with disappointment when things don't go your way. Mm -hmm. um, how to respect your teammates, your competition, 
your coaches, people in authority that you may not always agree with, right? All of these things, um, I say, you know, transcend the pool from the schoolroom through the boardroom. These are lessons that we learn in life. And I was blessed to have a number of the young men and women that I had worked with over the course of that time. Many came back and found me and just shared how important those lessons really were in their lives and how they were applying them. Some of them were early in career now. Some of them were still you know, in college. Some of them were just starting their own families. And so then that's really where it came to me. It's like, wow, I have to do something with this on a broader platform if I'm able to. You know, it's interesting because I, I sometimes, you know, I, I have my own children and, and it's interesting how young people, when they get involved with, with sports, it's obviously there's a big part of socialization that that's part of this. And that, that's, that's critical. But then there's this other thing that like, well, I don't feel like going well. Okay. But you made a commitment to a, a group of other people. Right. And it's that it's so there's so many of these things that then translate to being an adult. And, you know, there's, um, you know, what you're talking about, you know, I, I wrote down teaching, coaching, you know, the life lessons, all of that. It, it's, it's how people grow. And, and, and there's, I, I would say, you know, we could talk maybe about how, how your organization has been impacted by what's gone on here over the last 12 months. But I think, in my opinion, something that's lacking for these young people is, is the events. I know people are still doing some sports, but I, it's not there as much as it as had been. Uh, but it's interesting to me that you bring up that piece of how you're creating what I would say you didn't, my words, not yours, but this is what I'm going to, I'll sort of compliment you. You're creating better adults, having them learn these skills. Yes. To protect them in water from a water safety perspective, but also to, uh, to be great human being adult people as, as they grow. So when we're going to go to a break in like one or two minutes. So I want to just, um, I want to set the stage when we come back to what we're going to talk about from a programmatic standpoint, because I think you did an incredible job really setting the stage. Um, the one last thing I, you and I talked earlier, this is the, a drowning is the second largest cause of death globally on an annual basis. Yeah, actually a global epidemic. We are just now ourselves dealing with a pandemic, but this is an even bigger issue and it has been going on for generations. So, and unfortunately it doesn't get the view like no, it doesn't. People like no. yourselves yeah. are giving us that opportunity to to put it into the light, to shine the light on this issue. But it should be in the conversation, the national conversation, the same way uh, heart problems are, diabetes, yeah. autism. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely should be out there, and it's not. Well, that's that's tragic, but the, the deal is that's why we're here to make change. Right. And as change makers, you know, people are going to be impacted by our conversation together. So when we come back, we're going to go to a quick, quick, when we come back, we're going to talk about the No Before You Go program. We're going to talk about the community outreach that you make, you know, to in specifically to uh, communities of color who we can talk about the statistics there, which are, are um, you know, even worse in some in some communities um, from a from a drowning perspective. Uh, and then we're going to continue to talk about the impact that your organization is making. So, Sean, so jazzed to have you in the attic. We'll be back in two minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for Sean and Tommy D coming at you from the attic. We'll see you soon. Bye. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. 
We join together each Monday at 7 p.m. So tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So that's seven o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Every Friday morning at 10 a.m., join Tommy D. That's me. Join me in my attic, right at the top of my house. That's where we keep the attic these days. Today in the attic, today on Philanthropy and Focus, is my friend Sean Slevin. Sean, that was Brendan Levy singing, and Brendan Levy is the reason you and I met. So just funny how, how life is. A couple weeks ago, I mean, you mentioned Sister Tisa when we were speaking way early this morning. A couple of weeks ago, Sister T came on the show when Brendan had made that introduction. So, Brendan, I love you. I call you my uncle. We're family. But back to the show right now. Second largest cause of death globally. You called it an epidemic, uh, drowning. And, and is it not just lack of education and lack of exposure to learning how to, how to swim and learning how to be safe around water? Correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that's probably a major part of this, Sean. Well, let me put it to you this way. Um, Drowning by suicide is virtually unknown. I mean, it's such a tiny, 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 tiny percentage. When people go to the water, their natural headset is that they're going to have a good time. And we're so drawn to the water. Is it because in our vast past history, we actually came from water? Is it because as human beings, we're... I forget the exact number, 73 or 78% mm-hmm. water. A lot of water, yeah. A lot of water. The earth, how <laughs> much percentage I'm, of water? I'm, I'm water, more. Yes. water as well, yes. So something draws us to the water. And if we don't understand the nature of that water, never mind whether we have the skills or we don't, we can be in trouble. And that's the dawning that has come to me 15 years later, or not quite, but maybe a dozen years later, as I started to realize how the earth was becoming so much more watery. <laughs> you know, we, with this climate change yeah. that we're going through, we are seeing our water levels rise an inch to an inch and a half a year. We are seeing just this year alone, It was in our face all the time in terms of the tropical storms and the hurricanes. And not only were they more intense in strength, but they were more frequent in number. We, I think, broke records this year. We even had to go to a new alphabet, for God's sakes. And also um, the frequency of them. So... We were like tripping on these storms. They were coming so quickly. So Mother Nature, you know, is not very happy with us. And then here in New York City and others, many others, but for us, we're here. We're under the triple threat in that our water fronts are being developed now as never before in my lifetime. And so that really does open up an opportunity for people 
who don't have the skills, or as I said, even may have the skills, but they really don't understand the nature of that particular body mm -hmm. of water because they're all different. Sure. Different bodies of water have different natures and different terrain, right? Different condition, current, right? All, all these different Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where it really dawned on me that we needed this different type of training to help people understand whether you swim or you didn't swim, the different conditions, one body of water to another, even water in our own homes, mm -hmm. and that how that affects um, families with toddlers and young, you know, very young children, to under have a different pair of glasses on as they, you know, they're they're very aware of electrical plugs, but nobody's aware of water and how that can, can so, kill know, a child. If if I can interrupt for a second, because sure. I think that's critical to to think about. I mean, I remember being a kid and and you know you had those little plastic covers yes. for your outlets and things yes. like that. Uh, and I and I told you how focused my mom was on you know, and us getting lessons again, not to be on the swim team necessarily, but sure, just so we safe. could, so we could be safe. Right. Yes. And then there, you know, I, I remember when my wife and I were looking at homes years ago, she did not want a home with a pool by design. We did, we stayed away from it because of, of the fear. And, you know, that the tragedy every summer, May, late May, early June, we hear that, you know, on, on, on the news outlets. And unfortunately this is what happens. And, and these, these children end up in the pool and, Somebody looks away for a moment and, and, and you know how it ends. And it, it's tragic. Um, I, I, I'm i so appreciative of your advocacy and your passion for this because, you know, we know each other for a number of years, but I know you're out there telling this story that this is something. And I'm glad to be here with you and, and, and give you this opportunity because this is, you know, my, my show is a lot of fun and, and we, you know, it's cute. And I, it's about, you know, the whole personality, the whole thing, but really it's about bringing on these, the organization like yours, that's, that's making a change in our communities. So I want to, I want to understand if we could go to the know before you go program. And because since we're talking about education, let's, if we can dive in, let's <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> if we could dive into that, um, I think that'll give us, you know, kind of some really uh, good takeaways for people who might be listening to the program who are parents or, or educators or coaches or, or, or the like. So let me tee that up by just giving you a few more stats that maybe sure. you can't see. So on a global basis, a person actually dies due to drowning every 70, 70, every 70 seconds. And for every death, five more people are suffering life-altering injuries, primarily brain and spinal cord related from water-based accidents. Um, as horrific as those statistics are, when you understand that 95% of those tragedies actually never had to happen, you understand why the education is so important. Totally avoidable, totally avoidable a lot. Not, so many 95%. are totally avoidable, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what really had burned my you know, britches because loss of life, loss of opportunity, loss of potential, totally unnecessary. If only people knew and so I like to speak about drowning as part of the reason is not just lack of skill and lack of, of knowledge of the environment, but also lack of common sense and mm. lack of good judgment. And certainly Swim Strong can help people learn the educational requirements around water safety, the environmental issues around it, and the swimming skills even up through competitive swimming. Mm -hmm. But if we could teach common sense and good judgment, we'd be richer than <laughs> well, somebody. We're going to have to commit another show to just figuring out how to teach people common sense. But. but to that point, when you also look to the statistics again and you see that boys are drowning versus girls, 80% boys versus 20% girls, from the ages of mid-teens to mid-30s. Is that risk? Is that just boys are more risk takers and they're going to jump risk, off the cliff? And... I call it risk-seeking missiles. <laughs> That's what boys <laughs> are? <laughs> and, you know, some girls, I yeah. was one of those girls, yeah. I'm, you know, being transparent, yeah. I was one of those girls. So, yes, there's that issue. Um, 
And you also, with boys, it's seldom a single drowning event because typically they're in a group of friends yeah. and they're egging each other on to some you know, sort of stupidity. Yeah. And then one is gets in trouble and then the others try to help. But they none of them right. have the right. skills. And nobody has the skills. Oh, and it's so just, now it's, we have multiple sad. drowning. It's so sad. It's 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 a tragic. Yes. So, how do we fix this? How do you, how are you fixing this? So, Swim Strong really uses a two prong approach. We use the traditional in the water teaching of the swimming skills, and then, as I mentioned, you know, my own epiphany around a couple three years ago with with the changes that's happening all around us. Uh, with the global climate change is now the educational piece. And we developed Know Before You Go. It's a PowerPoint presentation. Myself and a couple of staff members um, put this together and I would take it out into various schools, uh, community groups, churches, civic organizations, any place there was a group that would have me off, I went. Um, so we reached in about two and a half years, oh, 17, 18 schools, excuse me, up to about uh, 9,000 students. And also what happened with the pandemic, of course, is that we were shut down on the 15th of March from doing anything, you know, whether it was going to school or being in the water. And we had literally given our last in-class uh, presentation on the 9th of March. March 9th. And we were in the water on the 15th when we were told that's it, you know, wow. you're out of here. So I'm not sure who said it. Was it Mae West or Winston Churchill? But, you know, never let a good pandemic go to waste. So we took that opportunity to really say, you know, how can I get this information into more schools? Well, I have to embrace technology, which is a personal concern of mine. I'm a little bit of a techno-luddite. But mm. I said, no, now is the time because if not now, when? So I hired a, a wonderful um, curriculum writer who helped me transform this program. And from the one PowerPoint, we now have four uh, programs that really address water from an environmental point of view, looking at the different uh, conditions, the different natures, the different dangers from inside our home to everywhere we need it. Also in a seasonal point of view, because again, we tend to think about water safety only in warm weather, but no, you know, we just came off the hurricane and tropical storm season, which we just discussed before, which, hmm. you know, they were tripping over each other. Yeah. And how many people are dying during that time with us? Because look what's going on with our weather conditions. Last year, we had weather in the 70s in early November. This year, we had weather in the 70s in late November, yeah. through late November. So our seasonality is starting to shift. People are still going to the water. They're going to the beach. And particularly in COVID, you know, where we were all crazed because we were isolating all the time to get out and go to a place of beauty and nature such as water. How could you not, right? In the winter, we have ice conditions. You may have seen on the TV the mother and child that were pulled out of the Paramus uh, River yeah. just a few days ago. Well, that's not uncommon. Last year, at least those two were safe. Last year, between New Jersey and New York, we lost seven children. We could not get out of the river fast enough, or the, the pond, whichever it was, fast enough. So spring, we now have flooding conditions that we never used to have. Flooding always used to be the rest of the country's problem. We very seldom saw it so, here. So those environmental conditions are, are evolving with this planet. And, yes. and so the education, to your point, you know, the yes. environmental, the seasonal changes, all you've had to break that into the four programs. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, here's what I want to do. I want to hold that thought. I want to put a quick pin in it because I want to understand how do we get swim strong foundation into more schools how do we get it to be part of more curriculum not just in the five boroughs but out here in long island and upstate and i'm sure that'll roll into some legislation that we can talk about so let's do that so ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages it's your buddy tommy d in the attic nonprofit sector connected sean slevin's here from swim strong foundation we'll be back in two minutes you're listening to talk radio nyc uplift educate empower
Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Join Tommy D in the attic every Friday morning to shine a light, to amplify, and to bring home the mission and messages of nonprofit organizations every week, every Friday morning. Today, it's Sean Slevin, who has decided to join us in the attic, and Sean is with the Swim Strong Foundation. Sean, before we even go where we were, I want to just read some statistics that I pulled off your website. As a result of being involved with Swim Strong, 161 children joined community-based swim teams, 108 joined U.S. swim clubs. 66 joined their high school swim teams, 28 joined college teams, 90 are now coaching other community-based swim teams. That's critical, right? The, the, those who were led are now being the leaders. 206 became certified lifeguards, 7 obtained their WSI certifications, 10 joined the U.S. diving team, et cetera, et cetera. 10 enlisted in the Coast Guard, 19 enlisted in the Navy, and, and 3 enlisted in the Marines, six joined the NYPD and seven became EMTs, emergency medical technicians. And I say a result of that, right? I see you, you're, you're welling up a bit because that's the impact that, that you're making as a leader and that your organization is making. And I talk about ripples. I talk about what is the ripple effect of a, the pebble in the pond and how far those ripples go, but what is the ripple effect of you impacting those lives? How many lives are impacted from those and on and on and on. So you're doing incredible work and I appreciate you for it. And I don't want you to get all mushy because we got to get to the facts, just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> so we got to get back to the facts. So talk to me about that. We, we talked about those multiple programs and getting them into the school systems. Is that a challenge for you getting into the schools, you know, even with prior to COVID and now with COVID? Tell me about that. And then let's talk about legislation as well. Yeah. So um, a couple of things, just while you were talking about some of the results that we had given before we read that entirely. Swim Strong really is a, a conduit of first responder work. And that's important to, to underscore because we speak about the importance of swimming really like a table with four legs. So for your safety, for your health, there is nothing better than swimming, total body workout, bar none. Um, and particularly it's the only exercise, the only thing actually that we can do from womb to tomb, womb to tomb. Yeah, sure. And myself being closer to the tomb side of things, I can attest to the fact that I 
cannot do many things that I used to in my youth. I was a semi-pro volleyball player as well. I can't take the pounding anymore. Right. I can still swim. So it, it really is the best exercise. And then, of course, for the competitive slash recreational opportunities, you know, swimming is the root of a, a tree with 32 other branches representing the other water-based sports. Some offer college scholarships, others do not. But the, react the reality is going back to a point you said earlier about socialization and how important we understand that is now, particularly in times of COVID, when you join something that you really have a passion for, you're going to meet others that share that passion. And so you continue to build out your circle. And that's a fabulous thing, fabulous thing. And then the fourth like, which is not to be underlooked at all, is this pathway to career and opportunities, utilizing the skills that you've learned, the swimming skills that you've learned in many different ways that brings you income. And in some cases, not only brings you income, but again, we're in, in underserved communities doing our work. It helps the family as well, not just the individual. So for so many reasons, learning to swim is an imperative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen, and, and I'm thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking about the NYPD folks, you know, I know there are, there are folks who are cops who, who are divers. Like that's yes. what, again, yes. I'm, I'm aware of it. I wouldn't say I know much about it, but that's yes. a whole other specialty, you know, right. in, in these departments. And in, you know, I'm certainly the other, you know, the FDNY has folks that, that do this kind of rescue and things like of that yeah. nature. And, and my cousin, sure. my cousin, John is, uh, is in the Coast Guard. So, Hey, Johnny, hope you're doing well, kid. Um, Thank you for your service. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Um, so, uh, so it's, it's great because it, it's an exposure point and it goes to the communities, especially what you just said there, there's certain communities that may not um, have access to pools, have access to, to, you know, and, um, that's some of what Swim, Swim Strong is working on also. So maybe maybe we could talk about that too. You know, it is Black History Month right now, and I, I don't want to miss, you know, addressing that also. Um, for, right from the jump, we have been intentionally uh, working in communities where people may not have had access or opportunities to learn these skills because we felt that it was bogus, you know, that everybody should learn these skills. Why not? You know, And yes, there is a history. As a matter of fact, one of the products that that we've created is called a social justice call to action. And in that, um, it's a, a package, we call a package, that has some articles about the history um, of, of communities of colors and how they have been disenfranchised from the water over time. And then, of course, bringing it a little closer to the Jim Crow uh, laws back in the 1960s. But now, we don't have any of these barriers. So now we have a different problem. Now, after generations of being disenfranchised, how do we help these communities who once had strong cultures of swimming and diving, mm -hmm. regain those cultures and actually make this a priority in their lives again? And so for example, this month on the 21st, we're actually going to be uh, having an event to celebrate a film called Blacks Can't Swim and the filmmaker, Etacora. Um, watch our website for the information on that. You'll have a chance to review the film on your own time and then join us at 4 p.m. on the 21st for a panel discussion just um, talking about why this is an issue in black and brown communities as well as water safety and other things. So, so the website too, let's go to that because I watched the trailer for the, for the movie um, on your website this morning. So the website is... Uh, is it swimstrongfoundation.org? Do I have yes, it right? Yes, it is. I'm trying to look at multiple screens while I do that. So it's swimstrongfoundation.org. And on there, you'll be able to see the trailer. And is that how someone would access the the movie and, the, and that event on the 21st? Or how, how do they do that? If you look under, there's a class tab at the top. And then if you look down in the drop down, you'll see something called Know Before You Go. If you look at that, it's the second to last one, I believe. Um, you, that will open up and show you the four programs, actually, and there's little trailers about each of the different packages. Two are meant for individuals or family purchase, the social justice call to action, and also water safety for all. The other two packages are meant for schools. School-based program is called, surprise, the curriculum. <laughs> okay? I love it. And then the uh, one for other, other groups, uh, which could be um, swim teams, could be church groups, could be employee groups, could be civic organizations, after school groups, groups, just groups. Just groups. It's called a conversation about water safety. So is that delivered, you know, 
do you have a staff or is this, is, am I talking to the entire staff? I, <laughs> I, 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 I joke with you, but I mean, like how much of this work is all on you and, and do you have support volunteers? What's that look we're, like? We're a volunteer based organization. And that is amazing to the quotes, you know, to the stats that you gave about SwimStrong and how much we've been able to do our, you know, certainly our, our achievements belie our size. <laughs> um, but these programs are meant to be done. They could be just, purchased and drop and play for the groups, for example. Um, the school-based program is meant to be taught because it is built on standards, uh, educational standards of shape that are nationwide, as well as CDC standards. So this is meant for educators to actually teach. And there's even STEM-based exercises that. that tie yeah. the science uh, behind swimming to the actual skill of swimming. But that's really the least of it, it really is more environmentally focused, which is different from other programs that I've seen to date. But you can purchase the uh, family or the individual two programs that I mentioned up through the website. And then you would just contact me if you had an interest in the program for a school or for a group. So how do they contact you directly, Sean? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Email is always the best. So it's S-H-A-W-N dot S for Sam, L-E and Victor, I-N is in Nancy, at swimstrongfoundation.org. Perfect. And I'll share that with all the social media stuff that we do after the the fact. We'll put it in the uh, the show notes and things like that. So um, I'm I'm just, I'm amazed with the impact that you've made. And to your point, you know, nonprofit organizations are often small staffs you know, or often, even if they're larger organizations, those staffs are overworked and doing two and three responsibilities that you probably would not see in, on the for-profit side of things. But the impact is, is always, uh, it's always exciting to me to see the impact that these, these types of organizations are making. We are, uh, I, I, I can't believe it, but this is what happens every week to me, Sean, the show moves so <laughs> fast. Um, when we, we're going to take one more quick break, and then I want to bring the show to a close. But at the, when we come back, I want to talk about uh, the La Ruvea Association that you're working with now, the Surfrider Association, and and put something in around legislation and what we can look to for the organization um, going going forward. So that's what we'll do when we come back. We'll do this quick break now, um, and I, I just I'm amazed how fast the time goes, but we're we're utilizing it to to uh, to a great extent. So we'll be back in uh, in just about a minute or two, Sean. We'll bring we'll talk about the affiliations the collaborations and the legislation that's a lot of a lot of rhymes there i'm going for the (laughs) rhymes i like the rhymes so we'll be back in two minutes everybody with sean and tommy in the attic sounds great you're listening to talk radio nyc uplift educate empower Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. <laughs> I love it, Sean. You were singing along. I uh, <laughs> my kids sing that song all the time. It's pretty funny. So, ladies and gentlemen, in uh, 2006, Sean Slevin started the Swim Strong Foundation to reduce unintended drowning by teaching water safety and swimming skill education. And that's what we've been talking about this morning. We've been talking about the problem. We've been talking about the challenge. And we've been talking about how this organization has made an incredible impact to lean into a potential solution to this problem. So Sean, we, when we talked earlier this morning, you told me about some collaboration that you have going on. And then you said, we can, we must make sure we talk about uh, legislation that, that you've uh, impacted up in, or potential legislation that you're impacting in New York State. So, so where do you want to start with that? So, um, as I said, you know, the pandemic really gave us lots of opportunity. And one of those was for me to uh, initiate some legislation around mandating the training of water safety in our schools. Um, I felt this was very important because, again, we, we are seeing the result of the climate change. The genie, frankly, is out of the bottle. The genie's not going back in the bottle. So I can't even imagine, as much as a water person I am, what our relationship will be with the water 50 years from now. No kidding. So I think we need to get ahead of this now. And as a matter of fact, we're already late. So uh, fortunately, Senator uh, Joe Adabo and uh, Assemblymember Stacey Pepper Amato also agreed with this. And they took my concepts and created these bills, which are now in the appropriate um, houses in the education committee. And once you know, COVID settles down, there'll be a lot of bills moving forward out onto the floor. But um, I have had a long-term partnership with Surfrider and they were excited about this concept of the legislation and they introduced me to uh, the Larabeu organization, which is also a surfing organization, but they focus on black and brown communities, again, providing access where access may not have been traditionally provided. And so they were excited about the legislation and they had uh, contact with Patagonia. And Patagonia got behind this too. So actually, if you go onto the blog, you'll see there's been so much happening in the last couple of months. Just look through the past few blog postings, but you'll see this beautiful, beautiful mural that is up in the Patagonia stores in New York City and will be there through um, the end of June. And there's a QR code there which also brings you to Lyra Bay's site to talk more about the legislation and uh, you know, will give you ways that you can impact uh, the passing of this bill, which is to really reach out to your own legislators in the assembly and in the Senate and ask them to please, please support this bill when it does come up to the vote. That's, that's incredible. So again, I, I talk a lot about, I, I call myself the nonprofit sector connector guy. So anytime I hear connections like that, the collaboration, you know, you had for-profit, you had non-profit, you had another non-profit, you had government. Wow. That's like, you know, that's just so incredible because, you know, in numbers, we can get things done and we can make an impact. And I love that private part, uh, private public partnership stuff. It's, it's really critical. So if somebody wants to check out that blog post, it's right on the website. Yes. Just go under the blog tab and, you know, read down the first five or so, you'll definitely, definitely hit it. Very, very good. I want to, so aside from this, let's talk about the future of this organization, Sean, you know, where do you, you know, you talk 50 years out, you know, hopefully you and I are still here to see it, but, um, but in case we're not 50 years from now or, or 10 years from now, what is Swim Strong's impact and, and what's your long-term vision for this organization? We're going to be global. Um, as a matter of fact, I've already taught this programming in Bosnia, Rwanda, and Kenya. And it was very well received. And as we know, the drowning rates around the world and, and just the numbers, this is information that's needed in most countries. So we're heading there. Uh, we're just we're planting the seeds. You know, through the technology, we've been able to get the cost of the program down. Uh, in schools, for example, it's $15 per student to get our curriculum. And we are looking for sponsors. So whether those be individuals who want to donate to help get children this uh, programming at no cost, which would be the best, or lower cost, 
uh, or companies who embrace safety, particularly safety, as a core uh, attribute of theirs, come in and support the work that we are doing. Truly, it is life-saving. Truly, it is. Uh, to other foundations who want to you know, get behind us because we're synergistic in, in what they're doing. But uh, this is a global issue. We are going to solve it globally uh, in conjunction with others, not just Winstrong, but you know, that collaboration is very important. And we're so proud to have um, our first um, international funder, which is the Princess Charlene of Monaco uh, Foundation. And Princess Charlene is a South African Olympic swimmer. So she got this in yep. a heartbeat. Yep. And they have been a partner of ours for a number of years, as has the New York Athletic Club, which is more local here, but also sponsors athletic, um, wonderful athletics for, or, for people who are actually at an elite level and many of whom are in fact Olympians. Mm -hmm. So we've had the support of that organization as well, which is fabulous. Um, you know, we, we don't get it done alone. We get it done in collaboration with all of us. Many hands make light work. Yes. And at $15 a child to give a child free swim lessons, there's hardly anybody that can't afford to do that. So I, I know, sorry to, to jump in there. Yeah. Sean, I know over the years, the, the bigger challenge from my recollection in, in your and my conversations was lack of pool access, at least in the boroughs, right? Is that, is that still, I'm assuming it hasn't changed much, but how, how do you work through that and who could help you work through that? It is a challenge um, because New York City, unfortunately, is an aquatics desert as it relates to other large cities. Here we're supposed to be a preeminent global city, mm. not as in terms of aquatics. And um, unfortunately, some of our organizations that have large footprints of pools in the city don't collaborate with others. They don't partner outside of themselves. And so that's that really is unfortunate because the reality is just in New York City alone, there's eight and a half million people and you know, most of them need to learn how to swim. If every swim school provider came together and there was the political will and the financial ability to cover everybody's swim lessons, we still couldn't get it done. Not in our not, lifetime. It's just not enough pool space, no matter what. Not enough pools, not enough instructors, not enough infrastructure to support that. So we need more pools. We need more people who you know want to do this work and Otherwise, it's just not going to get done. But the training, this training, know before you go, everybody can get this. Everybody right. can this know is, this. This is classroom. This can be done on Zoom, really, right? Absolutely. So, it can be done in your own home. Sure. Yeah. Okay, and, and I will do it personally. We're going to take absolutely. care of it. Absolutely. Sure, it can be but, done in your own home. And you'll right. find so much, so many resources. It's not just the videos. There's also resources that come with this as well. So you can take that deeper dive. Yeah. If there's something that you're interested, a topic that you happen to be interested in. What, you know, what about like, um, like organizations like the scouts? Like, I think this would be right up, you know, I, one of my daughters is, is a girl scout. I guess she's a brownie or a daisy. I'm not real sure what they call it. I'm probably getting in trouble later for not knowing, but um, <laughs> I'm, sure <you> will. <laughs> I'm sure I will. But I, I, uh, I imagine that, that that's a good outlet for you to, to be involved with. with scout we, we really can. Uh, partner with virtually anyone. Certainly scouting organizations would be great. Again, what's a little what is very different about any programming that I've seen so far in this, this regard is that we focus on the environment, not swimming skills. Right. Of the course, we encourage you to get the swimming skills, but the environment is what we need to understand, perhaps even before we learn how to swim. Sure. What are we, what's, yeah, what are we, where are we going? What's, what are we getting into? What, what are, are we, we thinking into? about putting ourselves into? Yeah, literally, what are we getting into? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that's different. There is such a, a connection in people's minds because forever it seems to have been this way that when you talk about water safety, automatically it connects to swimming lessons. And then therefore it connects to a place to have swimming lessons. Right. So many teachers that I've spoken they think, with, they get, they get caught up in it, right? They yeah, think they're, they're immediately, I don't even, you know, get into my, my conversation. They immediately jump in and say, oh, I'm so sorry. We don't Sean, have you know, we just don't have a pool. We can't yeah. possibly teach this. And I'm trying, I said, no, no, you, you don't understand. 
no water required. <laughs> no, I love that. No, so so swim strong. No water required. I don't know if that's a, a tagline. Sean, do me a favor. Bring it home for me really quick. How does everybody get in touch with you? Just tell them one more one more time because we're, sure. we're gonna close out soon. So Sean Slevin at swimstrongfoundation.org is my direct email. The website you can go through there. We are on various social media. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Who am I missing? I think we have a YouTube channel too, although, you know, we're small, small yep. on that, but. Awesome. All right, Sean, listen, I appreciate you visiting me in the attic. There's a couple of things I got to button up here really quick, but before we close out the show, but just thank you for being here. This is so special. Uh, let's, let's keep talking. Let's keep the conversation may I, going. May I just sure. also say that coming up is May. The month of May is International Water, well, May 15th, International Water Safety Day, the month of May, Water Safety Month. So watch out for us too, because not only are we doing a lot in February, but we're going to be doing a lot up through May as well. Well, as the show, thank you so much as, for your attention. That, thank you, Sean. And as the show progresses, I'm going to have like a calendar of events for all my friends that run organizations. So that'll be showing up. So you and I, you'll have to get with me, you know, as we lead towards that. So, so this has been the, uh, it's actually the sixth episode uh, live on talkradio.nyc. Six is my favorite number. It's, it's my birthday is a six. So I love it. And, uh, my little guy just turned six, so that's fun. Um, so this is Philanthropy and Focus. I'm Tommy D, nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from the attic. Just a couple things I want to say. If you want to get in touch with me, Tommy D, T-O-M-M-Y-D, one word, Tommy D, at philanthropyandfocus.com. Focus, you probably know by now, but it's P-H-O-C-U-S, because I think it's funny, and I like it, and it's alliteration, the whole thing. <laughs> don't forget the New York City Imagine Awards. The applications are out. Sean, don't forget the New York City Imagine Awards. you got to apply. NYC Imagine Awards. Dot com to check that out. Reach out to me, Tommy D, if you can't find it, but I just gave you the website, so you should be able to figure it out. Um, Instagram, TommyD.NYC. I told you the email address. Here's what I'd like you to do. Join us next week. My friend, Delisha Rodriguez from uh, Hey There Beautiful will be coming on the program talking about empowering young girls and women and the importance of doing such. She'll be here on the show. Very excited. We always have great guests on the program here, obviously. Um, after my show, don't forget my buddy Steve Fry goes live. It's always Friday. I'm sure I'll have the sunglasses on, the whole deal. That's what Steve's all about. Followed by Jeremiah, the entrepreneur of the web from 12 to 1. And then uh, Joseph McElroy with Wise Content Creates Wealth. Stay with us for the business block here on uh, talkradio.nyc. I'm your buddy, Tommy D. I love doing this. Please come join us next week. I'll see you. Sean, thank you so much for being here. Right back at you. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. 
you listeners looking to boost your business why not advertise on talk radio nyc with very reasonable rates interested simply send us a message on our website talkradio.nyc do you love or are you intrigued about new york city and its neighborhoods i'm jeff goodman host of rediscovering new york a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 